We're here at Grace Life Church in Jemison. And if you're joining us right now, we say hello to you. I'm glad that you're here and part of our service or listening at another time. And uh, we're, we're going to call this uh, kind of what we've been on uh, for quite some time now. Um, we could call a lot of things, but we're just going to call it Elevate again. How about that? Even back from our conference, you know, um, we've been talking about different ways to elevate. And of course, that has to do with our thinking, doesn't it? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is that person, just the way that we think. And so <clears throat> that's the main thing. The rest of your life, all you're going to do, do, all we're going to be doing is just um, really we're going to be, we, we know that one third of us on the inside is perfect. It, it doesn't need an upgrade. You're wall to wall, Holy Ghost. There's nothing inside the fix. But the problem is where? Problems in the mind, problems with the body. And so all we have to do is get agreement. Well, if you get the body in, in agreement, well, the body is kind of neutral. It doesn't really have a voice in this, other than the sense that it can talk to you through the five senses. But it's the soul. That's where all of our, our sabotage is taking place in the soul. So when we get, our, we get our spirit to rule, we get our mind renewed, and, man, we get two of those together. The, 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 the body's neutral. It just have to come along. And so we're going to talk about different ways to elevate. We, you know, when we was doing our conference uh, about a month or so ago, whenever that was, we talked about Jesus being 100% God, remember, 100% man. And we talked about things that, that he elevated in because the Bible says that he, he grew in wisdom and stature. Well, if you know everything, you, you're, you're not, you don't have to grow, right? I mean, he's, I don't know if they had diapers. They probably, they probably had something there that they didn't have the disposable kind that we had. But uh, I don't think he came out walking on water. We don't see, we don't know really a whole lot until he's 12 years old, right? We know his mother had to have some kind of conversation with him because when they got missing him, they went back to go find him and he said, here he is. He's, he's talking back and forth with uh, uh, the people in the temple and the priest and they're saying, he says, mother, he says, you should know. I mean, if, if any, in other words, he's saying, if anyone should know, you should know, I'd be about my father's business. So he, so I mean, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know this, I can't prove this, but you know, she had to have some manner of conversation with him to, for him to say that about his birth. And, uh, you know, the, uh, there was no one else that he knew on his block that was, had a, that was the Immaculate Conception. He didn't know anybody else in the neighborhood. And so when he had to read verses like, you know, uh, and he shall come and be born a virgin and he shall, you know, Messiah and, and uh, Emmanuel, those scriptures had to really do something on the inside of him of who he was. And so Jesus began to elevate. Um, I, I, won't, uh, I won't go through the scriptures. I don't, because uh, I've been three or four places ministering sometimes. Like, now, did I say this here? Did I say it there? So I don't know. But this is not something that I can prove. But, but it just seems like if you study miracles or wonders in the ministry of Jesus, there was always a progression to what he did himself. I don't know that that's the way it is, but it seems that way. In other words, Jesus didn't start with the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. First, he turned water into wine. The mother gave him a little push, remember? And he says, it's not my time. She says, okay, now. Now it is. <laughs> so she gave him a little bit of push. Mother's helped us like that. And so here she was. And, and so she's, she, she fully understands about her son. She fully knows how he got there. And so these things are always in her thinking. And now she has to share some things with him. And so uh, Jesus knew who he was. But he found out who he was from the scripture that he had. 
Well, that will do something to you in your thinking if you're reading the scriptures from, the, from thinking of who I am. The reason why I'm really covering this a whole lot is because if, if you begin to understand who he is and what he's done and your part in it, you'll know exactly what is available to you. Not only what you have, but what you can do. And when you understand that, it'll take all the pressure off of you, especially when you're ministering to people, and especially when you're ministering to people and what someone might call dire straits or, or you know, critical things. Because if I go down thinking, man, this is what, and I've got it built up to this right here, you know, it's one thing if they're just a little uncomfortable. It's the one thing if you know if, we, if it can be controlled by medicine, but when medicine can do nothing, and then you're 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 the one to sit down and do it. If you let that pressure come on you, it's going to eat your lunch and pop the bag, so to speak. But if you understand, it's no longer you that lives. That's Galatians two twenty. Use that Sunday. It's no longer I that live. We won't go there and look at, it, but you don't, you, you know that verse very well. That's the substitution of, of Jesus. That he died for you. I mean, he was, he was crucified. But Paul, he, he identified every part of that part. He says, when, when, when they killed him, when they crucified him, they crucified him. When he died, I died. When, he said, when he was buried, I was buried. When he was raised, I was raised. But now here's the part. Now, now listen, he says, but it's no longer I that live. That, that's important. So when you're looking at a situation that seems very critical and you're going to go minister and see, and if your focus is on you, you're, you're not going to win that battle. But if you remember, but now wait a minute, it's no, it's no longer I that live. It's no longer I that's ministering. It's no longer I that's whatever. Now, I, I, I had, I've had this through the years and because uh, and, people come up and... Uh, you won't get this from people who need the help. You just get this from, from religious people, church people sometimes, or just religious people. And they'll say, I remember one, said one time, he said, uh, Wes, what you been out doing? And I said, oh, we've been healing the sick. And he said, ooh, I wouldn't say that. I said, you wouldn't say what? That you've been out healing the sick. He said, you know, only God can heal the sick. Well, first off, first off, when, when, when you hear that, first off, you know you're talking to a carnal baby. That's the first thing that you know. First off, you got a carnal baby you're looking square on with. Because nobody knows better than me that I'm not healing anybody. I know that very well. But my job the rest of my life is to remind myself and to remind you and to remind angels and remind, remind demons that it's no longer I that live but it's Christ that lives in me. It's by the faith of the Son of God that this is happening. So here's the deal. If, if for them to remember forever, I don't know where Eric West ends and Christ begins because we become some one. We, we become one together. See, here, here's the thing that, that religion does in, in, in unrenewed minds or people who just don't know. They're always taken apart the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Religion always is putting asunder. Religion always has a, a perspective of, well, who do you think you are? Well, you, you think and talk like you, like God or like, like Jesus. I said, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I said, well, we didn't mean that as a compliment. I said, I know, I know you didn't, but, you just, but you're good at giving them and you don't even know it. You didn't even know you was that brilliant. And then they, they just get mad or whatever. 
Now, if you're someone who's going to get mad at all this and you get upset by everyone's going to do, you, you're not going to make it very long in the ministry because they're going to, they'll, they'll eat you alive. But, but if you get past all that and just love people in spite of their, their not knowing or their ignorance or whatever, then you can help them help others. So he said, yeah, well, he said, don't, don't you ever say that. He says, he said, you know, that's, that's stealing God's glory. I said, I don't have to steal his glory. John 17 said he gave it to us. I'm, you know, if you give me your car, I ain't to steal it. <laughs> if I got the title and you call the police, I'm going to show it to them. So, well, here it is. I got the bill of sale. I mean, I mean, they gave it to me. Uh, it, you know, we had to do a dollar to do it, but I mean, I didn't steal it. Don't call the law on me if you're going to give me your car. Well, Jesus gave us his glory, right? Well, the guy, and so someone else said, well, but why don't you go do this? Why don't you go pray? Why don't you go do this? Well, they always want someone who they think is, knows God better. Like God would hear me better than he'd hear someone else. But we're all God's children. He don't hear me any more than he hears you. Now, people will say amen, but they don't really mean amen. In other words, you could ask someone, have y'all ever, <clears throat> what would you rather see, someone raised from the dead or you'd rather see someone born again? Well, most people say, well, I'd like to see a dead raiser. Well, I'll tell you the biggest miracle, and it's true, the biggest miracle is not someone being raised from the dead. Everyone Jesus raised from the dead, they did. They died again, right? Now they're in heaven, but, but, but they, they died again, didn't they? Well, he didn't come back from heaven and raise them up again. But did you know that every time that, that you get someone born again, you just raise someone from the dead? Yeah. Their spirit was dead, and now it's alive to God forever. The person that Jesus raised from the dead, they died again. And they said, well... Well, yeah, but you, you got a better relationship with God. I says, I do? Well, you, well look here. Married's married. How long has uh, Emily been married to Parker? Now, about a couple weeks, somewhere about there. So, tomorrow be two weeks. Well, we've been married, what, 38 years? 39. I told you, like 39. 39 years. I'm just making sure you knew. Yeah. April 19th. I married it on Barb's birthday, so I would know. <laughs> you married on your sister's birthday that way. He's like, I had two things going for me here. <laughs> Tuesday at 4 o'clock in Verbena, Alabama, because uh, our boss wouldn't let us off. I said, well, we'd like to have a wedding on Friday. He said, that's your problem. I said, no, thank you. He said, he said you got an off day. Well, anyway, so, yeah, married that you're married. Well, I don't have a better relationship because that word relationship can get messed up too. In other words, you know, in other words, it's really connection. It's really connection. That, that's what we're talking about is connection. He's the vine and you're the branch. So if you're connected, well, the vine and the branch, obviously where does always the fruit always come on? It comes on the branch, but it only comes on the branch only if it's not a part or if it's connected because, you know, it's like, Natural trees, that's what he was teaching. All the nutrients, all, the, all the, the water and everything the soil gives to the plants or the trees comes from the soil. Because that's what it is planted in. That's what it's rooted in. Well, if I'm abiding in as a vine and he's, you know, the vine and the branch, then there's life throughout the whole tree. We just call it a tree. But for sake of purpose of study, Jesus said he's the vine and we're the branch. Well, if you sever it, you sever life. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't have a, a better re a relationship. Now, I'm, I may operate in it more. I may have more uh, consciousness of that, uh, but I don't have a better relationship. Marriage, married. You know, with, with, in other words, how long y'all been married? 
Oh, boy. 22 years in the month. There you go. 22 years in the month. Okay. So 22 and 39. Are, are we more married than y'all? Legally, I mean, does, uh, does that make us more married? No. Am, am, is Michelle and I more married than Parker and Emily? No. And they're two weeks into this thing tomorrow. And they're just as married. Well, you, you're just as married as I am. You're just as, you, you, you have just as good a connection as I do. In other words, you can get the same results that I can get. If I've had any results at all, it's, it's probably because of one thing for me. I mean, you, I mean, you need to know some things, obviously, but after that, you, you just have to develop a habit of, of not quitting. I can do this on Wednesday because, you know, I figure if y'all come on Wednesday, y'all are tough. But, you know, if you have to have a relationship in the sense of you're not willing to quit. And we have a we have a lot of not quitters in here tonight. In other words, you, you do realize that hell itself knows people. You, you, you remember the seven sons of Sceva? And, and, and how they, they watched Paul do what he was doing? And I thought, well, that, that'd be cool. Man, look at them devils come out when Paul just said in the name of Jesus. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know how to do it in the name of Jesus. I mean, people think it's more probably like in the little swag in the name of Jesus. You can swag, baby, all you want to. <laughs> but if you don't know who you are, them devil, well, anyway, so the seventh son, Skeever, said, he goes over and says, hey, hey, hey. He, he saw another one over. He says, let's get this one. Let's get this one. Let's do what they do. This like this will be fun, like play school. Put their hands in Play-Doh. They said, we, 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 we adjure you uh, in the name that, that Paul's, well, what's that? I don't know, the name Paul's preaching in. Come out. <laughs> they said, well, did it? I said, uh-huh. It, it came out. <laughs> it, it worked, kind of. <laughs> but it did come out. <laughs> came out and skinned them alive, <laughs> running, down, running down the road naked. But it came out. <laughs> they, and then the devils talked. They said, we know Paul. Boy, we know Paul. Boy, we know us and Paul. Whew. And we know Jesus. Whoa. Who are you, Bubba? <laughs> no, don't, I'm sorry. If your name's Bubba, don't, I don't mean any disrespect, Bubba. But <laughs> Who are you? So you, you develop a reputation in hell. Man, I don't, I, I don't want demons going back to hell and saying, man, I went over and down to so-and-so and, and man, I just, I, I dragged that, that west up and down the streets and whatever. No, you, you, you have to develop a reputation in hell. You really do. And when you do, they'll know. I mean, you, you, you ought to have this church and churches, uh, you know, the body of Christ ought to have devils whimpering. That's what they did with Jesus. They, you know, when, when Jesus went, you know, got in the boat and after Mark chapter four went to the other side and them demons come up to that madman and get there. And he says, they said, have you have you come to torment us before it's time? Remember how they said that? Have you come to torment us before it's time? And I'd say, uh-huh, uh-huh, before time. Well. 
Jesus had a reputation. You say, but, but, but that's Jesus. Now, 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 here's, now here's what you got to settle for the server. Because everyone wants the main guy or the main gal, whoever's the ministry's name, whatever. No one wants to call the ministry and can't talk to so-and-so. Well, you probably could have caught them in their first few years before anyone knew they was in the room. I mean, you know, Jerry Savella talked about being uh, Brother Copen's, you know, first employee, you know, riding around in a, one of them old ugly station wagons, you know, with a pan of wood. Y'all remember them? Some of y'all doesn't remember. I mean, y'all had them one too. I, anyway, just, but, and he says, and, and I did everything. You know, I introduced him. He said, I got him to his room. He said, I helped him with his clothes. He said, I, you know, I, I worked the book table. He said, I made the announcements. He said, if he sold some tapes, he says, I had to run the, the reel to reels. He says, well, we're so happy we went to cassettes. He said, then I had to put the labels on them and I had to, you know, do the deposits. He said, I'd do everything. And then pile all the stuff back up and go to the next city. Well, you probably could have got back to Brother Copen in that day. But call Fort Worth Bar and say, put Ken on the line. They said, Ken who? <laughs> you might get him. I don't think you're going to. You might get him on a recording. Hello, this is Ken Copen. Then you start talking and you realize, oh, it's a recording. I don't think you're going to catch them online. But you see, if, if that's the way it works, we all would rather have the person praying for us, right? Well, we just kind of would. You say, well, I've trained my staff. You'll see, yeah, I know, <laughs> but still, I didn't drive 400 miles to meet your staff. I get it. But if that's the way it really works, then Jesus made a mistake leaving here. Because that's how he means it. That's how he means it for it to work. It's called discipleship. If it can't, if it can't do what Jesus said to do, he said it would do the same work and greater. That's what he said. I'm just quoting him. He said, if you'll do what I did, he said, you'll get my results and greater works. And he's the one who left. So everyone here and everyone, if, if I come and go one day and Jesus ain't come, whoever's here, all the forest past me. If my kids don't surpass me, I'd been, that's a sad day. Sad day. Ought to go. It's like Brother Copen or Brother Hagen used to say. He said, this is just my assignment. There's other assignments just as important. He said, but you're not going to do anything without faith. That's true. You know, he knew about it in him. He knew all about it in Christ. He loved it. Actually, Brother Hagen taught it in the 50s and 60s. The in Christ, in him message. He loved it. But it wasn't his assignment. He said, but all I'm saying is, whatever your assignment is, now or later, he said, you're going to have to come by here and get some faith to get there. <laughs> that's, that's all he's saying. I mean, you, you, to go where you're going, you're going to need some of this. Because you're not going to do anything without faith. Well, in Galatians 2.20, your, your faith should be, it, it's no longer I that live. It helps to see yourself when you're out ministering to people who are sick and who are diseased or at death's door, so to speak, as you meet them as with a live Christ and a dead you. See, it, take, it takes you out of the equation. And then that way you're not intimidated about whatever you're looking at. Because when you go into hospitals sometimes and, and then and, uh, you got some people who's critical, like an ICU, whatever, and they've got more machines in there than you think an airplane would have. And, you know, the, it, it can be intimidating. And when you're looking at all the gear and all around and, and uh, the, you know, they're in a coma or whatever, and, you're, and here you are popping in the door, you know, in the name of Jesus. Well, 
See, the name of Jesus is not, is not a lucky charm bracelet. I mean, it, it's not, it's whatever. I mean, hell knows the power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus knows the power in his name. But that's not what makes it work. Because if you could do it, then anybody could just recite it. They could just say, name Jesus. Well, that, that, that's just not the way it works. You have to know who he is, what's in the name, why, why there's power in the name, what's behind the name. Then you have to know who you are, the one who's saying it. Amen. Now, when I say all that, in the sense of all you have to know, yes and no. Some of the greatest miracles I ever saw was in the very beginning of my ministry when I didn't, I didn't, there was so much I didn't know. I mean, I could write books about what I didn't know and still can. I mean, a lot of it. I, I was, someone called me today and we was talking about it and I said, uh, uh, the, not, when was dad, Pat, he was, they told him 1990, is that when he was, yeah, 1990 is when dad, tomorrow's his birthday, he'd be 94 if he's here. Uh, but, um, but he's not 94 in heaven. If it is, that ain't, that ain't heaven. But so anyway, probably about 28 to 30. Ooh, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Amen, spirit body, 28 to 30. Anyway, so when they got him there, he was in really bad shape. And his, I mean, his, his sugar was, I don't know, it was it, probably 600 or more. And... I don't know if he knew it, but he knew some things had been changing, but he wasn't telling anybody. You know, sometimes men can tell you there's nothing wrong when there is. There's two things we say about men for years. They don't need, this is before we had our smartphones. We don't need directions because we know where we are. And if we're not totally know where we are, we're, we're kind of exploring. That's all we're, we're kind of exploring as we know where we are. So we don't ask for directions and do, we don't need to go see the doctor because we're all right. Well, he had some things, that, some mood swings, whatever, but it, it was just his sugar up and down. And so there was a day that he woke up, he was ready to go get some help. That, that day he was ready. He could get over all of his phobias about doctors, but it was too late. And all, all that really happened is it had been going on so long in his body and, and he, didn't, he wasn't taking anything. And by that time, all really basically the, his circuitry, the, the nerves were destroyed. And he was in so much pain. He, he couldn't handle the pain. So uh, they, they put him in MRI, saw what it was, and he had a blood clot. And they said, if, if it just moves at any time, he, he'll be gone just like that. His blood clot just, just moves. And it's just sitting there. And uh, so long story, short as I can, they just said, there's nothing we can do. We'll keep, we'll keep him comfortable as we can. Is there any family out of town? And we just said, well, I've got a brother that lives in Atlanta. They said, well, if he wants to, if you want to, if he wants to see his dad before he passes, we, we think he might have 24 hours. He might have 24 hours. I, I would call and tell him to come on because he's not going to live past 24 hours. Well, I, I, hadn't been to, I hadn't been to Bible school. I was in a little word church. I just knew something about the power of the spoken word. I just found out, you know, they told me, you know, what you're talking about makes a difference. I said, Really? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, we got scriptures to go with. I said, really? I mean, we can't just talk anyway. They said, well, you can. So I thought, well, I've been to, I've been to church all my life. I never heard about there's power in your tongue. Power in the tongue. Like, my gosh, I looked at the tongue. I said, the power in the tongue. So I, and I'd heard about the fig tree and what Jesus did did. And I found out they was, you know, about mountains. He told them about mountains. That's about all I knew. And so I, I went home and I just, I talked to my dad and, you know, and, and he 
was telling me goodbye and waited till the end of the last day of his life, supposedly, to tell me what he waited, you know, to say, I kind of liked you a little bit. And I said, well, isn't that, isn't that something? A man's going to tell you that he cares about you and loves you the day before he's going to die. I said, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that just wonderful? I mean, like the last day. And he apologized, and I just went home. I don't know why, but I just asked the question. I said, I was, it was, it was kind of late. It was about 9, 30, 10, and I said, does he have to die? I wouldn't expect the Lord to answer me, but he did. Now, I was so spiritually young, he had, he had to talk to me in ways that really got my attention. And he did it with a light that came in the room. He said, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I don't care. I mean, it's my story. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, it's my testimony. You don't know if it's true or not, right? I, I'm sorry. I don't mean that with y'all. I've had people question me about everything. It's like, I don't know if I believe about no light coming in. I was like, I don't care if you believe it or not. It's my story. I was there. Was you, was you there? <laughs> Bubba, no. Well, this freaking lot. So, and, and I kind of like, like this, uh, you know. And, and I asked, does he have to die? And I, and I saw this. A book, the bookcase because I'd started studying the Bible. Whew, look at there. I started studying the Bible back then. Didn't even know I was going to go to Bible school at the time. And then all of a sudden, it's like a finger in that, in that cloud, white cloud. It's like a finger and it's pointing something on the bookcase. And we were in church, but she was more in church. Michelle was more in church than I was. She was radical. She was going back Sunday morning and Sunday night. I said, uh, no, I did that growing up. I said, and I, she said, you, I said, you going to go Wednesday? She said, well, yes. Oh, girl, I, I did that all my life. And then she said, and tonight, she said, they're going to Birmingham. She said, the band named Norva Hayes is coming. She said, you want to go? I said, uh-uh. I went this morning. They ain't going to Birmingham to meet nobody. <laughs> so she, she left me. Which is the key to, that most women need to know with their husbands. Just love them and leave them. I, I don't mean divorce. I mean, somebody, you know, go to church. And so she left me and then she bought a tape series. Norva, Norva Hayes, How to Live and Not Die, which I would know now. Y'all, all y'all would know about it. But I didn't know who Norva was. I didn't know. I knew she went to Birmingham. She didn't tell me she bought no tape series because she said you would have you would have hit the ceiling to know I spent any money. I said, well, she said, no, you got to think back. I said, Maybe. She says, maybe. She said, you didn't want me to spend the gas to even get to Birmingham. I said, buy a tape series. So here, you know, just here it is six months later. Now my dad's in the hospital. He is dying. He's got 24 hours to live. Call, call your brother. Call him in. 24 hours. We'll keep him comfortable as we can. And I just go home thinking, well, what was that? I can't hardly believe this. And, and I just said, does he have to die? And as soon as I said that, there was this light coming in the room. It was just supernatural. And I just kind of like walked over there. And whatever, that looked like a finger pointing at it. And I pulled out and it said, how to live and not die. And I thought, ooh, twilight zone. Ooh. It's like, how did this get in my house? I asked a question and did, did, I mean, how did this get in here? Well, she told me later how it got in. And I was like, <laughs> so, that, that, <laughs> but, but she was in bed. They're all asleep, you know. And, uh, and so, I'd been listening to a few tapes, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm coming along, listening. I'm, I'm learning. She just, you know, she's going three times a week. She needed more help than I did. And I just stayed back a little bit. <laughs> but she, Barbara, remember this? But uh, Miss, uh, Miss Wilkerson from Montgomery used to come. She's a prophetess, remember? Man, she's a wild thing. She'd come to church and she would minister to people and pray over them. And I found out they was wearing me out down the church of prophecy. She's like, ah, God's going to get him by the big toe. And <laughs> 
And I, I, and I listened to the prophecy, you know, like a year later. She said, I see something like some kind of Bible school somewhere. I was like, uh-huh. How did I really get to this place called Raymond? Some woman from Montgomery just wearing me out with a boom, boom. We're like Tom and Jerry, you know. And, and, and <laughs> anyways, anyways. So I listened to about two or three tapes. Y'all ever listen to Norval? Okay, you got to remember if you've got no, you you don't almost know nothing about faith, people. And all of a sudden you just put in Norval. Wow. (laughs) I mean, he looks to me, he looked like, what's his name on? uh, Captain Kangaroo. Kangaroo. I always thought he looked like the man who's Captain Kangaroo. And uh, and he... uh, he used all kind of words like flaky. He said, uh, he said, he said, the problem, most of y'all people, he says, your mind, he says, it's all goofed up and I need to blast your goofed up mind out of your head. He said, most of you be better off. I can cut your head off, but I can't cut it off because you got to live. So we got to find some way to get it renewed because you want to think this and you want to think that. You want to think this. You want to think that. He said, I got to blast your goofed up mind away from you. <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted to listen to a Christian tape. <laughs> I listened to about three tapes and I, I got boldness on me. And then I heard this voice and I said, he said, take these two scriptures, write them out on the index cards and take them down there to the hospital tonight. And I'm looking around the room. I was thinking, now, I mean, you got me now. I, I, I don't know. Come off from sick about nothing. I mean, I got the bright light coming in. I mean, how this tape series get in there, you know, cassette tapes. Who put this in here? And now you want me to go back? I mean, who said that? I mean, can you see about where I'm at? So I, I'm writing them down and I'm, I'm saying, Lord, forgive me for uh, everything, anything, uh, anything and everything, anything I ever might do. <laughs> he said, write them down, get, take them back to Brookwood Hospital. And I said, well, well, I can't get in there. I mean, I can't get in. He says, I'll, I'll get you in. And so I find out the Lord will break rules, too. I mean, he has to sometimes. And so. I went there and I just had my index cards and you know it's like you know one o'clock in the morning and I just stood by the emergency you know doors of the ICU and when some doctor went in or nurse he says go <laughs> I heard go <laughs> I just snuck by the wall you know how like a mouse runs by the wall I just did the wall thing I didn't get out in the middle <laughs> and I remember where he was at so I went in there and, and, and I said well he's on the strongest morphine there is I mean he won't even know I'm there he said I'll take care of that too he was wide awake. And I talked to him for about 30 minutes. <clears throat> and I told him everything I'd learned from Norman Hayes for three hours of cassette tapes. I mean, like I was, a, like I was the instructor, you know, at a Bible school. I so, said, that's the way it works. He said, it does. I said, oh, yeah. I mean, I know these things. <laughs> I mean, I just learned them just uh, two, three hours ago. <laughs> Got to come down here and blast your goofed up mind away from you, Pop. <laughs> I mean, my God, don't you want to live? <laughs> Man, I had a Norman Hayes spirit on me down there. Uh, so, I, I, so I found out that you speak to a mountain, and I, and I told it to leave. He says, he says, what mountain? What what mountain? I says, uh, diabetes, and and we got to we got to. I said, your nerves. He said, yeah. They told me it's like, you know. He explained it like, you know, you got electrical wire and the coating on the outside. He said, the the coating's all gone. That's why he's feeling all the shock. And I said, we gotta we gotta have some new nerves or some coating or something. He said, I I, I don't know about all that, Eric. And I says, well. I'll handle this. I just need you to read these scriptures. If they try to take them away from you, don't let them do it. Hide them. I said, hide them, on, hide them in your PJs or whatever that is you're wearing. Oh, gosh, you ain't wearing you know. So, so he, he held on to them. He had 19 pounds of fluid in this leg and foot and 19 pounds in that one or 19 or 20. And had that cyst that moved any time they said, Nancy, you'll be dead. 
And these, and, and so when I got through, a nurse comes in, she says, who are you? And what are you doing in here? And I, and I said, <laughs> this is 1990. I said, it, is visiting hours over? <laughs> she said, you wouldn't in here. I said, oh, I just thought, you know, it was okay. She says, no, it ain't okay. You, you can't be in here. I said, okay. But my job was done. So I went home. I'm just hoping it works. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't know. Come on from Sikkim. I'm just like they say in Texas, hotter than chili pepper. I'm just like, I've been listening to Norva Hayes. And, and, I, and so we get up the next morning. And they ain't called from the hospital. I said, well, that's, that's you know, they said 24 hours. But, you know, he, we didn't get no call. Chris said, well, I'm on the way. And I said, well, okay, I think things going to be all right. He said, what do you mean things going to be all right? I said, no, never mind. Just come on. And so we got to the hospital. And all these team of doctors came out. I'll never, I can see them just like that. I mean, the whole team of them just like, and, uh, you know, little, I don't know if you're from Indonesia or any, you know, and, and they were scratching their head like this, you know, and they were taking little steps, you know, and they said, um, do we, um, they, they wanted to tell us what was going on. They said, all the, um, all the um, fluid that was in his legs and feet, because legs, his feet was massive, all the fluid in him. And uh, they said, it's, fluid's gone. I said, that's good. They said, yeah, we don't. That's, that's kind of, but the, the, but but he's he's still in a lot of trouble, and uh, they said we're going to give him an MRI to just to look at him again, and they put him in there anyway. It came out a couple hours later, two three hours later, this test, and all of his nerves, every one of his nerves, have been replaced in his body. Yeah. To totally brand new circuitry. Been told he has 24 hours to live. So when I say you got to know a lot of things. I don't mean that you got to know a lot of things. I obviously didn't know a whole lot of things. I had a little bit of Norval Hayes and that spirit on me, you know, and I had to kind of just lie to cheat getting in the hospital a little bit and, you know, until I got called and got run out and, you know, run like a mouse up against the wall. But <clears throat> you can have a lot of fun doing stuff like this. Amen. So, but, but you can't be a quitter. Amen. You can't be a quitter. And when things don't go the way you want them to sometimes, uh, John G. Lake in his, in his total ministry that they know of, it's hard to keep up because you know, people don't always tell you when, if they were healed or, or didn't. Sometimes they won't tell you anything. And uh, you find out three years later, you know, that, oh yeah, you prayed and God did all this and God did all that. And, you know, and I had someone give me a testimony. I was in the church the other day and, uh, and the lady gave a testimony. She said, she said, oh yeah. She said, matter of fact, I, she said, y'all want a testimony for miracles? She gave a testimony. She said, Matter of fact, she said, who prayed for me was Pastor West. That's 20 years ago. She said, I probably should have told you about that. I said, yeah, that would have been nice back then when I needed to hear something like this. Said, I'm glad you brought it up now, sister. Well, you don't quit. Well, John G. Lake, his, what they know of as far as his entire ministry, 70, 76% of the people that he or his team prayed for was healed. Pretty serious cases, most of them, obviously, right? Well, I don't even know if the church is getting 10%. That's a sad indictment. But that's got to change. Amen. That's got to change. And, and, and we're going to change it by, by understanding some things about who we are. Now, um, let me finish tonight with this right here because you, you have some people thinking, I, I, I need all this and I need all that. And, and, and if I could just get to, you know, they're still wanting to get to a William Brandon or a Catherine Kuhlman or they're trying to get to whatever. Or they're trying to get to the, the guy or the gal. Or they're looking, you know, 
if I could, uh, so what are you waiting on? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on the gifts. I'm waiting on the gift of healing. I'm waiting on the work of miracles. I'm waiting on this. I'm waiting on that. Thank God for the gifts. Thank God for the gifts. The Bible says desire them earnestly, cover the gifts. But I'm going to tell you, it only said it in one chapter. And it was the book of the Corinthians. And, you know, the Corinthian church was pretty non-spiritual. Babies need gifts. Babies need lots of help. I needed a lot of help back then. Thank God for the gifts. Desire them right now. So don't think I'm belittling that. I'm not belittling that at all. But Paul never, ever mentioned in one more epistle. You can't find him mentioning anything about spiritual gifts to the church at Ephesus, which is a mature church. But to the, to the baby church, the Corinthian church, he talked about all the gifts. So you can't do that. Well, I'm, I, I'm just looking for a certain kind of anointing or I'm believing for anointing. And, and, and this is happening all over the place. And the only reason I'm bringing stuff like this is because this is what's got to be stopped. I mean, you have people and, and I know they mean well. I know that their intention is to help people. But we the, I think the church over the last 50 years has lost a lot of ground. You, you have to basically read books and people who's in heaven even get back to where we're thinking like we should be thinking. Most of the people I listen to today, they've been in heaven for 30, 40, 50 years who actually feed you, you know, like Smith Wigglesworth or, or, or John G. Lake or um, Maria Woodetter. And then you look at what the church is doing today and thinking, really? Well, well no wonder we're not getting any results. We're, we're not even similar. Now, I might make you mad when I say this, but it wouldn't be the first time, I guess. But People say, well, we need to get back to the book of Acts. Well, uh, not entirely. You know why? In the book of Acts, you don't find out who you are. You find out in the epistles who you are. Paul does make some mention of things because he's in there after he's had the revelation he's had. But that's not really mentioned until you get into the epistles. All the disciples knew was the power in the name of Jesus and what it would do. And man, look what they did. But they, they, they didn't really know the mystery of mysteries, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul had to bring that out. And that's why Peter says you know, in his book, he says, man, Paul preaches some things over there in his meeting. He said, that, that Peter, he's hard to understand. Or that Paul, he's hard to understand. Well, but look, look what they did with the name of Jesus. So I, 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 would, I would disagree, whatever that means, in the sense that we need to get back to the place where they were. Yes, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the demonstrations, absolutely. But, the, but the, the mystery of all mysteries is who you are in him. And if you have the gifts in operation, wonderful. But once again, Paul only mentioned it to the Corinthian church. He didn't mention it in any epistle to any other church. Not one time. And he, we understand fully that he, that he said, you, you are some non-spiritual people. God loves you. You're operating in gifts. I got to bring some order here. There were so many gifts. He was, and so God was helping babies. Thank God he helps us. So we have people, you know, who's, call, uh, who's calling all kind of stuff, begging, crying, uh, laying on the floor, uh, whatever. They're calling intercession. I, I don't think that's intercession. I mean, I have people who I went to school with. I mean, and I won't mention them because I've been years since I had them, years and years. But and I remember talking one day and he says, I says, so, so where you been? He says, oh, we was up at, made a little tour and went through by William Brandon's place where he's buried and went over, you know, where... So-and-so is buried. Then I finished over where John G. Lake's buried, laid on his grave for, for a day. And I said, okay, why? <laughs> well, you know, we were digging wells and 
and uh, through prayer, and we're, I said, getting the John G. Lake anointing? Uh-huh. Now think about this, if you had never been taught. John G. Lake didn't even have a John G. Lake anointing. <laughs> I mean, can you see the Holy Spirit say, I now give unto you a John G. Lake anointing? <laughs> of course, no, <laughs> the, the anointing was from him, right? Yeah. John G. Lake didn't even have his own anointing by his own name. <laughs> You don't have a, a, a Christian Lawrence anointing. Yeah. We, we, we have the anointing by the Holy Ghost, don't we? Amen. You say, well, I'm leaving. For, I'm going to double portion tonight. Double what? For, for what? D -d -d double what? You know, zero times zero still, or zero times a million still what? Well, people can work with people and can minister with people and they can pick up some of that. There is an anointing there and they can pick up some of the mannerism and get some of the same exact results. But, but why would you want a double portion of a man when the Lord's your portion and you can have the fullness of everything that he has? Why would you be seeking anything a man or woman ever had when, you, when the Lord is your portion? So we, we got people going to the greater conference glory. We got people going to the open heaven, the, the, con, you know, uh, the this and the angels and the whatever and the glory and, and seeking everything, going to all kinds of conferences. I, how to get the heavens open. The heavens are brass. I'm like, you got large ministries and it looks like I'm a fool to talk about that. And I don't bring up their name, but y'all probably know who I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, why, why would you do that? See, 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 this is really simple. And let's finish it right here tonight. First John chapter five. Can we finish it right here? Y'all be all right? I mean, I know y'all want to stay to midnight, but I can't, but I, you know, we got things to do. First John chapter five, verse 10. He that believeth on the son of God, I'm gonna let y'all get there. I want y'all see this. First John chapter five. Oh, I'm sorry. Page uh, 2042. I'm sorry. I could help y'all. If you have a black Bible, it's 2042. Verse 10, he that believeth on the Son of God hath this witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. That word record is also the word what? Testimony. Amplified uses that word testimony. And this is the record. This is the testimony. You all know what the testimony of God is? You have to say yes if you want to know what it is. I don't want to give it away free. You all want to know what the testimony is? Yes. There you go. That God hath given us eternal life, and that life is in His Son. Now, y'all, y'all know very well we're talking about the life of God. You know very well we're talking about Zoe, right? So, so here's God's testimony. God has a testimony. Have testimony service, God. I got a testimony. This is it. He said, "This is the record that God has given us eternal life, and that life, He said, is in His Son." Well, that's wonderful for Jesus, right? Yes. Whoo! Life's in His Son. Oh, but watch here. But he that hath the Son hath life. Amen. It didn't use a different uh, Greek word when he used life in both verses. It's not a different kind of life. There's four words in the, in the New Testament of life, you know, that talks about manner of life and, and just eter eternal in the sense of duration. But, but here we're not talking about eternal. I mean, you're already an eternal being, aren't you? 
Pe people who will die and, and, and go to hell is, is eternal being. I mean, we're, we're, it, it's, it's not about that. It's all about location. In other words, where are you going to leave when you, when you leave here? So he said the record is that God gave this life that's in him, he put it in Jesus, which is called an incarnation. Incarnation. Not, incar not being reincarnated. Not come back and as, you know, as your great uncle's grasshopper or, something, you know, or whatever, you know, 300 years from now and hope to be a bug. I mean, you could be a cow in India, be safe. They won't eat you over there. But I mean, you know, just but if you come back as a cow in America, you gone. Because <laughs> America's, we got some barbecue sauce. <laughs> we believe in smoking and grilling, right? So, so he said, he that hath the son has this life. In other words, Second Corinthians 5 tells us that we all have the ministry of what? Of reconciliation. So what, what are we supposed to do? Well, people waiting on a special leading. All this, this in, in Romans chapter 8 about leadings, I mean, I, I think it's taught wrong most of the time. In other words, people, we have people waiting on special leadings. I have people that I met 10 years after I went to Bible school with them and taught with them, and they're still waiting on God to tell them what to do. I was like, well, just, just go help someone. Quit looking at the, who, who's going to pay you to start something and just go help someone. Put your hand to do something. Be, 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 you know, put, make, make an investment in, into a ministry. Make an investment into a church. For, get you off your mind for a while. Amen. And then the Lord will order your footsteps and it, it'll be better than you ever could have planned it. It'll be a whole lot better. The, 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 and the church thinks it has to have so much. I mean, I, I just think the average church couldn't survive on the mission field. There's no way they could, they could function in the ministry that Jesus had. Because they can't do it unless they have so many people on stage. They can't do it unless we have the kind of lights and we, we got to have the smoke machine because we don't have no glory. And we, we got to have this program, the church. And, that. I mean, and all that's wonderful, whatever. But if it takes a ham and three organ, you know, and a steel guitar and a bass guitar, and I've had all that, that's wonderful. Prefer it. But if it takes all that for, for, for God to visit you, you're never going to make it on the mission field. Huh? Jesus didn't have, I mean, he, he had 12 that went with him. But they weren't musicians. He, he, he didn't have any live music that we know of. I mean, a lot of times you're out on the mission field, you're, you, you, you may not even be in a building. I mean, Pastor C will be here Sunday, and we're going to help to go to Peru, help him go to Peru again this year. But if you had to have all that for atmosphere, you're, you're, you're just without it. Am I, am I right? Dennis, you, you, you've been up in those mountains. And you get up there and 12, 14,000 feet and you've been up there. I mean, I, mean I, I didn't realize when they showed me the picture, I said, what is that? And I mean, because you could, you know, I, I, just, I mean, I knew the mountain, but it, it just never hit. The first time, oh, I guess it was a couple of years ago, Matt was showing me some of the pictures and Ron, and Ron was showing me some of the pictures. And I says, what is that? Is that the glory came down while y'all were doing the meeting? He says, no, when the glory come down, he said, it was the clouds. I said, the clouds was that low? He said, no, no they weren't that low. We were that high. He said, we was 14,000 feet in there. We're, we, so we walked into their village. We, we're walking in the clouds. Well, I've never done that. Have you? That's the reason why you go up there so far. You got to have some oxygen and you got to acclimate and you got to have some more oxygen and you got to acclimate. Because then, you know, winter, in, which just sounds weird, but winter in Peru is going to be in July. And it's going to get 30 degrees, up to 30 degrees below zero there. That's, and those kids die every year. 
people die and those children die every year because they don't even have an $8 blanket. So he's bringing supplies and stuff for their face to get sunburned and their lips is cracked and bleeding and, and all kind of headgear. But they're preaching the gospel and getting them saved and getting them healed and bringing things that they need. Thank God someone's willing to go and do that. Right? I don't know why we get the same reward sending as they do going, up, going over there, but that's, that's a pretty amazing deal, isn't it? But this is the record. That he says, isn't this simple? Look how made God says, here's my testimony. He said, what makes me me? I put in my son. He said, you receive my son? He said, I put what's in him in you. He said, he that has the son has life. He that does not have the son, he doesn't have it. Isn't that simple? Why do we complicate it more than that? Well, I think you got a generational curse going on there. We're going to have to interview you for about, you know, the next three or four weeks. And you need, you need to be digging into your past and see what your great grandpappy been doing. Well, I never did know him. Well, do you have any family you could ask? Because, you know, it's generations deep, but we're going to have to dig it out. You can't do that on the street. And why would you? Can you see why the church has had so little results? In other words, K-I-S-S, -S, keep it simple. Huh? Sweetie, not stupid. Yeah. Keep it simple, sweetie. <laughs> K-I-S-S. So, but, but, but if you get in a situation like I'm talking about tomorrow, I mean, you think I'm going to be able to interview him? He didn't even know I was there last week, much less interview him. You can't do that. Well, I, we, we, we're going to have to get him to listen to some tape, tapes. You can't listen to no tapes. You have to go down there with, with these jumper cables and know that who's in you, this no, it's no longer I that live. Well, if it's not you who's living, who's living in you? Jesus. Well, does Jesus need a seminar? No. So what do you do? You have a consciousness on the inside of you in a boldness because of that. So you're, you're really just thinking of him the whole time. I, I told you, but I haven't I told you. Well, I've never told this. This has never happened to me the last week when I went down there. And, and I need to straighten up before I went in there. Because I was thinking about the severity of it. Like I wished I'd known some more at the beginning of this, not the end day. You know, the last few days. So I, I pulled up to the house. Thank God my little phone took me down to every little back road through a pasture. And I needed three meals to pull me over. The, but, but she got me there. Your phone never do that. It takes you to the, every back road you can go through. And so, but I pulled up in there. And I was thinking about, it's Christ in me. And I went in there thinking like this. I was walking out of the car, pulled in front of the garage, sidewalk goes this way, and I went to go to the front door. And I'm thinking, well, I said, here we go, Jesus. And, uh, and I knocked on the door, and, the, and no one came immediately, but I heard some walking. And just in my mind, I took a step back, and I said, you go first. No, no one had come to the door. I wouldn't be doing this talking. You know, like, Having conversations out the door, where I'm your help. <laughs> so I stepped back a little bit and I said, You first, Jesus. And he said, Uh uh. I said, and it, 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 real quick, I said, What? what? Is, is, that, is that just Southern hospitality? I said, You, it's, we're, it, you and I, but you're, you're Lord. You, you go first. He says, I'll never do that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I told you in the Great Commission 
that I'd go with you, not you go with me. And now, here's what happened to me that I'll never forget this. She opened the door and I said, hi, I'm Eric Weston. She, she started crying. I said, it's okay, honey. It's going to be fine. And when I went and stepped in the door, I didn't see him, a vision of him, but in my imagination, my eye, I saw him. He was behind me. And before I got through the door, he stepped into me. He said, I told you Christ didn't you the hope of glory. <laughs> then when I laid hands on I mean, this guy, I mean, you could have thumped him on the head before. And I said, and all I said was, I said, I won't wake him up. I said, in the name of Jesus. Christ in you. He that hath the Son hath this life. God said, I put it in my Son. So when you, when you know someone is not saved, what are you doing? You're ministering life to their spirit. They're, they're born again, right? That's the greatest miracle. If, if, if they, like the, the little lady from Sunday, the, the young girl with the situations, she needed deliverance. That's what she needed. So I, I ministered life and got her delivered in that sense. But if they're sick, they need deliverance in their what? In their body, spirit, soul, and body. You don't need a leading for that. You need an obedience to that. And then, then, then you walk in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. If you're not working with someone, find someone to work with. And, and, and you don't, it, it's, you know, people say, well, I, I need to know all these things. No, you don't. It's just what I told you about my dad. I mean, I, I have 50 stories just like my dad. When, when I almost knew nothing about some things. I mean, that lady years ago when we was in Clanton, and I think Nathan had met her at the, of all places, the cattle barn. You know, when they used to have the uh, auctions out there every Wednesday? But you could come out there and buy all kind of stuff, and farmers would come out there, and they would, they would uh, sell things, and it was like a big, what do you call it, flea market or whatever. And Nathan, because the shoppers were out there, and he was just out there one Wednesday morning years ago, and a woman that came in there, and he, and he somehow bumped into her, and they got talking, and he invited her to church. And, and here it was 2000, I don't know, 2007 or 8. Because I know Pastor Buzzy was alive because he didn't pass till 2009 because I remember telling him the story. And uh, he said, uh, and I said, Buzzy, I was preaching some, some of your message. He says, you did? And I said, yeah, some more that's in Christ. He says, well, good. He says, what's going on with it? And I told him about this lady. I said, well, she came down there. I said, I don't know why I did this. I've never known to this day why I did this. She said, well, I have two things. And she told me, she says, I'm invited by this guy right here. She said, I'm, an, I'm a specialty nurse, and they flew me to Alabama for a, a patient over here, and I'm going to be here for just three or four days, and I wanted to go to church. And she said, uh, and he invited me to, to y'all's church. I said, oh, good. And I said, so you need healing? She said, yeah, I, I have two things. And to this day, I mean, I don't, I mean, I when I look back and I find out what happened, I can see why. But I said to this way, I says, well, I'll tell you what, Steve, you tell me about both of them. Just tell me what's behind door number one. Almost watching, like, what was that, Let's Make a Deal or something, I don't know. And she said, uh, well, you know, and, and I know most of you heard the story, so I, she said, I just ran into a wall, a basement wall as a kid. 
playing with some other kids and I, you know, at my house, she says, and I, we were just, I just ran and I hit it so hard. She said, it made my spine, it cracked this and did this and did all kind of spine damage. So she said, I, I have no problem looking this way, but she said, but, but my, my spine, my neck won't let me go the way. She said, so I just have to use my feet and I have to turn my body to look this way. And uh, I said, okay. And so same thing I'm doing now, mentioned in Christ, Christ even the hope of glory with no understanding of a new covenant almost. It's amazing how God helps people. I know. And the reason why I didn't know, need to know what was behind door, door number two, when I found out how she lived her life, I wasn't sure she would have qualified for healing. So the Lord didn't want her to tell me. So he could help her. If you don't understand grace, then when you go out and minister to people, then you're wondering like, well, let me see. I need to find out maybe why you have that problem. That, that's huge. If you don't understand the new covenant, you don't understand what God's done in Jesus for all of us, then, then you'll, you'll have to qualify people. You'll, 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 you will be interviewing people because you'll have to find out why you got this way. 